podcasting live from Redondo Beach, California. This is Another Take with Mike Sutherland and Jeff Neeson. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Another Take podcast. This is Jeff Neeson. I'm here with my good buddy, Mike Sutherland. Hello. Just the two of us here today. Um, last time was over the phone, so we're uh, back to full operating capacity. We got um, Spotify up and running today. And uh, today I want to kick things off, specifically talking about a snare drum. And even more specifically, Jack Johnson's snare drum in his first album. <laughs> we kind of touched on it the last the last time we spoke, didn't we? Did we no, we didn't. Talk about I talked it? about it before. Oh, okay. I was saying I really want to talk about Jack Johnson's snare drum Oh, right, today. but we couldn't play the music because of... We didn't have Spotify up and running because so it was over the right. phone. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I've just okay. been saving this this snare drum conversation. Just, and I, been... I actually, I'm a big Jack Johnson fan. I love his first album. Um, Festering? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've It was like 10 years ago. I remember having it even before it hit the radio. I was so cool. <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I was a late... Well, I got him on a K-Rock compilation that was flake, but it was acoustic. So there was no snare drum. Uh, so I actually really, really love the acoustic version that he did on like Kevin and Bean or something. Yeah. Without the snare drum that you speak of. Well, that you're I don't think I really of. noticed it at the time until we've gotten into more uh, music production. It's just, it was such a call in the studio, I'm sure that was made. I'm really building the snare drum up now. No, but it's, we it's... were just on the road and I just was going through a lot of old music and I realized I haven't listened to Jack Johnson's first album in a really long time. And uh, it's a great album. I love it. It's just funny, like, I was listening to Flake specifically, and when the snare kicks in, it's just so cracking. <laughs> and as it's, soon as you hear it, you can't stop listening to it. It's not even that it's cracking, though. It's that the decay on the ring is like probably at least a quarter of a second. And by snare drum standards, like if we're talking like Come Together by the Beatles, dum, dum, those drums are so muted and dead. Mm-hmm. When it comes to this snare drum, it is the antithesis of that. The exact opposite, one hundred percent. Let's play it. <laughs> and decay for those listening, it's it's essentially a simple way of putting it. It's how long it, it how long it goes out, basically how long yeah. it rings out. Yeah. So th- I like the mix of this album too. By the way, in its own little I, t- I already told you this, but never noticed there was a freaking steel drum, steel drum in there till right now. I know she said it's alright. So crack it. Will you ah. make it up next time? Wow. It's like louder than the vocals. <laughs> well, but throughout this whole album, every time the snare kicks in it, there's always that heavy snare coming in. The I think my favorite part about this snare drum though, if we're discussing it, we are discussing it, is that uh the drummer for Jack Johnson is not known for his heavy handed drumming. Has it always been the same guy? Yeah. Yeah. What's the name? Something Topol uh, or something? Or? Adam Topol. Topol. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and when you watch him play live, like you and I have seen him. He's just chilling back there. He's Yeah, no, he's definitely not. He's this not, sounds like he's like standing up before he no. hits it every time so and throwing down. That means this snare drum is like pretty much wound it's 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 tuned as high as you could get it to get it to ring like that. Well, I I'm sure it was a mixing call too. I like the way it's mixed on this album because you can hear every single instrument individually very well. Okay. Which I like. Like yeah, I can hear two guitars left and right. Yep. Panned hard. And not that there's a Bass lot that you have great. to no. 
move around because it's it's such a simple sound. Shaker. God. Production on this album is freaking phenomenal. Sounds like maybe is it like a Rhodes in the background, kind of mimicking a. Uh, Ste- oh no, steel drum. No, steel drum. I thought it was like a um, keyboard mimicking that. I kind of want to play you the acoustic version I have of this because it's really good. Should I find it? Yeah. This song is a radio hit. It defeats the purpose of the whole snare drum topic. So maybe we'll come back to it. Maybe we'll close the show with the acoustic. Version. Yeah. Okay. That that works. All right. Let's find some more okay, snare drum love from well, this album. The other sing. Well, Flake was the single, right? Yeah. Single. This is what I mean. Yeah. That's what he broke blew him. up with this. I mean. It was all over K-Rock. Bubbly Toes. This was, I think, the follow-up hit. Yeah. It's funny. Everyone that doesn't like Jack Johnson is just super jealous of Jack Johnson deep down. I mean, I like him, and I'm jealous of him deep down. She loved me forever, I know. That buzz roll is freaking perfect. Mm-hmm. A little chance in the background. This album is also just the epitome of just someone who's just doing what he wants to do. Yeah. Also, like he, he's not doing anything for anyone but himself. And. And as a, that's kind of what good songwriting is. Right. It's right. unpredictable because he's just right. doing what feels right to him. All right, here comes the magic moment, everybody. Yeah. The snare drum we've been waiting for, I think. Nope, we're just going to have to wait. You need the kibasa on the background going yeah. crazy? There it is. <laughs> now we're cracking again. Right back at it. You know what's great too is like you can just tell they recorded this like probably within the same day of the other track. Like yeah. that snare drum is the exact same. Don't move the mics. I've got to have that snare drum, drum right where it is. Yeah. yeah. I think Jack Johnson's bass player gets less credit than he probably deserves also. Yeah. I like him on stage too. He's just straight chilling over there. Right. It's like, whatever. We can all agree that the keyboard player now, well, I can't think of the guy's name. A little bit. Uh, little he was top. also in, was it Animal Liberation Orchestra, ALO? Yeah. Remember I saw, they both went to Santa Barbara together. They did? They're gauchos, alums. Wait, really? They went to Santa Barbara together? As far as oh, I know. I, th- I thought they just toured together and then he was like, oh, I'm going to recruit you. Mm-mm. Because I know I mean, that's probably that's also true, but I think they met at Santa Barbara. Oh, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just can't. I can't watch that guy on stage. It sucks because you have Jack who's super mellow, and you have the drummer who's just laying back, just playing a really sick groove, and he's not hitting hard. Like he's not taking any attention away. You have the bass player who's like he almost looks like a hip hop bass player. He does. He's kind of like. Like he's got that like like hip hop motion. I don't, like, like almost, I don't even know him. if this is true, but I feel like his pants are sagging. You know, <laughs> right, right, right. That, like, <laughs> right. Like he, when I picture in my mind, he's got saggy right. pants on. And then you have the keyboard player, who I cannot remember the name of right now. I can't either, but I, I knew it at one point. And he's just all over the place, and that's all I can watch, and I don't want to. Yeah, it's really strange. I remember he played a a solo gig at, at UCSB in one of the um, lecture halls, and came out on roller skates. <laughs> to add to your point, I, he's really talented. I mean, not to take anything away no, from the guy. No, absolutely not. But I agree. Yeah. It's He kind of 
it can be a little bit goofy. Uh, yes. Yeah. I saw them. I saw them with you at the at the Greek, and then I had the awesome fortune to see him. Oh wait, did I see him in Santa Barbara first, and then I saw him with you? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I saw, I I saw him night. in Santa Barbara, and then I last minute got tickets with you to go see him at at, at uh, the Greek. Right. And both times, same thing. Mm-hmm. Just all over the place. Just freaking. I don't know. It's just a. I mean, I love the fact that he has that much energy, but at the same time, like, it's not that kind of show. But if you listen to too many Jack Johnson songs, you will fall asleep. I know. So it's kind of like, do I you think remember, he's the one that keeps you, you do awake. Do you remember Coachella? And that's nothing against Jack Johnson, but if you're trying to go to bed, Wait. put him on and it'll help. Wait a second. Were you not, you were not that Coachella. Uh-uh. I went and saw Jack Johnson with Coachella with my ex. Ah. She fell asleep. I've fallen asleep at a Jack Johnson show before. Wow. There's a whole... It's a, at the outdoor, a, when it's outdoor and you have like a picnic set up a, and you have a picnic. It's 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 there, nice. You're on the little blanket out there and you're laying back and... <laughs> there's a section of society that have fallen asleep at a Jack Johnson concert. Yeah. I mean... And that's not taking anything away from him no, again. I, no, I, I, no. I'm a huge fan. But it's, you know, it's not going to be accused of sounding like Rage Against the Machine. No, of course not. Absolutely not. Um... Let's see. Anything else? Uh, was that the only two songs that I grabbed? I think if you listen he, to that whole well, first album, it, the whole first it's album riddled with huge snare drum, which it's it's funny. It's such a good counter to his like soft voice that it works. The crazy thing is, um, his second album, uh, what's it called? On and on has some of the best freaking grooves. Honestly, I thought on and on, and then is it in between dreams? It was right after that. Uh, that's the yellow one. I think so. Yeah. 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 I thought those two albums, you could almost interchange any song on them. It was almost oh, yeah, like they're, the, they're... it was almost like the Rubber Soul and Revolver, like the Beatles did. Right. Where it was like right. It was almost sounded like they recorded all at once and then made two albums out of it. Yeah. I, I like both of them a lot. Uh, let me see. Um, traffic in the sky. Someone listening's like, "Hey, yeah. don't compare to the Beatles." It's a Jack Johnson. Yeah. Well, we're not. So, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> There's traffic in the sky and it doesn't seem to be getting much better. There's also like a a good lack of keyboards on these albums, which is what's different because he added that keyboard player after In Between Dreams and listen to that side stick. But that don't seem like it will make it feel better. Maybe it's a dream. This is probably like a mixer's dream though, right? I mean to mix something like this. Because you don't have like a marching band or anything in the background to try to EQ and fit in there. It's just, ah, oh, it's well, it's also extremely talented musicians. Yeah, probably like, like one take on everything. That Adam, uh, the drummer, mm-hmm. uh, I worked with him on a song for an Australian artist like four or five years ago, and he studied Afro Cuban rhythms and can do polyrhythms like you'd never believe. Like this groove that he's playing, he's barely thinking. Yeah, like he's not even upside down, blindfolded with yeah, one arm. Yeah, but like he could do some polyrhythms that no one had ever heard before, and be the greatest thing ever. Look, at, listen to how smooth that is. Like that's not edited. Like, and by edited for our non-musician yeah. listeners, some some bands will just, especially on guitar, do one chord or two chords on and the guitar, edit. and then. Be done with it, and then edit another chord right after another. Right, um, or or with drums, like they'll literally like if there's 160 beats in one minute, you know, you can subdivide that into every beat that should be, and then you can lock that to a grid, and you can just take a drummer's performance and 
I can lock it to a grid. And, and is that quantize? Is that what that means? Well, quantize is yes, in in essence, but quantize is specifically related to MIDI. Got it. Which is like a digital information. Um, quantize is one of those words when people have used it. I've always been like, oh yeah, totally quantize. Oh yeah, quantize. Not, not a yeah. clue. But like, you can, what's cool about quantize is you can like associate rhythms with it. Like you can actually take a John Bonham groove and do um, like a like a tempo and beat extraction where it'll take those those subdivisions and and where he hits snares and kicks mm -hmm. subdivide it and then apply that same groove structure to your own oh groove, okay which is and like, that's pretty neat the mpc which is like made the basis for all of 90s hip-hop which is a, a a drum machine it has this swing quantization that a lot like gives gives this really strict rules of you know like okay if it has to be on the grid it's going to be exactly perfect it like loosens up those hip-hop beats in ways that like producers like dr dre claims are the best ever it's really cool that is cool um but uh that's quantization it's it's not necessarily strictly related to mini but it is it's like i wouldn't use it i well, now i know yeah which is even <laughs> now i can actually use the word right but like if you if you were to play a keyboard performance mm -hmm. and I were to capture the MIDI information, yeah, I could then quantize your performance, adjust the 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 um the timing, the velocity, how hard you hit each, and then relay that information back into the keyboard and it'll play it back for me. Okay, so if I played a keyboard part and I wanted to sound like Journey, like a Journey song or something, does that have anything, or that's like, totally, that's more a plug-in thing? Uh, the tone. Well, I could capture you playing it on a simply a controller. Like on highway run. Right. Dun, 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 <laughs> I was thinking dun, dun, dun. The, the the key the the number one song. Hold oh, on. Oh, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Yeah. That piano sound, by the way. Speaking of sounds, hold on. Well, I didn't see Journey coming up today. Nope, didn't. Neither did I. But hey, especially this one. Those keys. <laughs> this is a bad version of it. It sounds like it's remixed. This is the essential journey. Honestly, I, this is a really good song, and I'm not oh, going to yeah. take anything away from it, but I don't even know if I can listen to the whole thing of this right now. Really? I've just, it's totally played out for me. Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. I, I mean, like I mean, it's soul is it's just gone for me. It's got to be for a lot of people. I think it's one of those songs. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. we'll get there with a lot of them. Like some, I'm thankful for. Like, let's see, what's a song that would? Honestly, all the new Muse songs just never need to hear them again. Oh yeah, no, yeah, Uprising and yeah, no. I remember the first time hearing them. This kicks ass. And uh, one of my buddies, actually, my old bandmate Tony, he. Um, one of his buddies told him this more relates to playing songs, but uh, every time that you play a song, it loses a little bit of its soul. You know, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, which is kind of true. But there are certain songs that I play that are I still get the same feeling every single time. Like there's some James Taylor songs, but maybe it's just because I was raised on James Taylor, so it brings me back somewhere. But there's definitely those songs that every time you play it, you're like it just dies a little bit to the point right. that you're just on autopilot and barely even care about your performance. Right. Right. Um. Mostly related to covers. The the cover thing for me, it's like I think I just enjoy 
as long as the song is really fun to play, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy playing the drums to it. Like, right. regardless. It's just fun. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's more if you have to do it. Like, I play four or five nights right, a week. Right, you play covers way more than <laughs> yeah. me. So. We do covers four or five nights a week. It does but, get like, a little do you boring. have any originals that you hate playing from Sound Section or Lose Control? Um, I think some of the reggae ones early on. Because I, I, I wasn't really into reggae growing up, and then I got really into Sublime. And then our band kind of sounded like Sublime. Then we did a couple of reggae songs, and I'm just not like a big reggae right. guy. So I think I just got burnt out with the whole reggae scene in general, just because every band you play with is some variation of a root or a seed, right, a, or a dread, and a, it was just kind of the same a continuation of the same song to me in my head, right. So I got kind of, I got bored of our reggae stuff. Haven't really played much of it since, right. But that's funny. Uh, I actually really loved playing the sand section songs. I honestly, I I did too. I loved yeah. them. I, I just mean after a while, yeah, when yeah you Keep course, playing and you're touring on them. There's like, like those, that's those certain parts of your song where you're right, just like, right. oh, this verse is. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I know that like certain bands hate playing the single because like that's they've they've played it at every show since they wrote the damn thing. So yeah. it's just it's just a standard like. But I always feel strongly. It's like you really got to suck it up if you have a song that that made you who yeah. you are. You have to play it. You totally have. Like to. I mentioned in one of the other podcasts, I I heard someone say that. Uh, they saw Counting Crows and they didn't play Mr. Jones. Right. It's like, come on. That's yeah. just like an ultimate fuck you to your fans. That yeah. A lot of people paid money for that album just to hear that song and they paid money that night for that show just to hear that song. Right, right. Well, it's also funny when when like, uh, when like I saw ACDC at Coachella, for instance, they played Back in Black fairly early and all the VIPs who could had free access in and out of like mm-hmm. a pretty decent section, they all left. Like, oh, cool. That's all I needed to say. Yeah. Coachella, thank you. Got it on my... Uh, yeah. I guess they banned selfie sticks now, but <laughs> I got it on my iPhone. Dude. Everyone knows that I was here. God. We haven't really talked about Coachella, have we? Yeah. we did. Well, we talked a little bit last time, but not... But I mean, just like how absurd it is now. Yeah. I don't know. I always have a lot of fun when I'm there. Oh. I, I understand there's all these douchebag pictures online that everyone's posting all around and like... I, I don't know. I'm guilty of probably looking like that douchebag a few times being there. But. No, I, I, you know what? Knowing you as well as I know you, there's no way you've have ever, anyone you've been with has ever looked as douchey as some of the people that I've seen. There. True. I mean, I, I will say I legitimately want to go see the band, so I'm not, right. I'm not sitting there taking selfies the whole time. And I'm, you I'm also listening. You also know who Steely Dan and ACDC are. Yes. And you're not going to see them just because. Oh my god! Like I totally heard like Steely Dan is playing this week. Yeah. Like, do you know how special that is? Like, do you realize like they haven't played a show and like, like I read in LA Weekly that like they haven't played a there show. Is. Yeah, there's the good precursor. I read in LA Weekly right. that <laughs> like, I googled them really quick. Yeah, a quick Google search yielded. Did that you know they're like, like seventy? Like, <laughs> who are their stylists? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking so dumb. But uh speaking of acdc though how was their set that's kind of the most mm. that was the band that i really wanted well bad religion and acdc were my top two that i wanted to right see. honestly seeing bad religion there I, I didn't see them but i would imagine it wouldn't be as cool as seeing them in a smaller venue yeah just because you you don't like the bigger punk gets the less punk it is right i guess yeah the best well unless it. everyone's moshing well yeah, yeah, yeah. and True, like but at coachella that's not the case exactly and there's yeah there's a gigantic barricade in the middle like there, it just isn't actually for moshing but no. um uh what's it called uh i saw acdc and they they were great but it was it was like amazing show his voice sounded great angus killed it 
he always played does. like a 20 minute guitar he's killed solo. it since the moment he stepped on stage yeah, probably I, ever i've never seen him play before mm. which i is, haven't either i've always i've seen hundreds of videos but no, really? i've never seen him live now um yeah so it was that was the that was it for me i got paid to see acdc that day and that is i can't i could not be more thankful for that experience yeah and um the only funny thing was like i did i did like recount my experience seeing them to someone who else to someone who saw them in like 2009 mm -hmm. and he described their show to me <laughs> with great detail oh because it was the exact same they haven't changed it in six years but to be fair when was the last time they did like a world tour it was six years ago like yeah. they don't and it's like what do we need to do we what, just I mean, need what to is, show up and kill it yeah I mean, and who cares? They're just going to play the hits anyways. Right. I, I don't well, care what order they play them in. And then Brian Johnson goes up in like the second song. It was just great. He's just like, in, in complete honesty, he's like, I hope you like rock and roll because that's all we do. Yeah. It was like, that's all they've ever yeah, done. That's yeah. That's great. That's they didn't awesome. put out an acoustic record. No. They, no. They, <laughs> they never just have. bring the rock every time. And there's a lot to be said about that consistency. Yeah. Um, I mean, they played, they played some great songs. They played every hit. They played. Uh, the Jack had the funniest intro because he was basically like, some people say that ACDC's never written love songs, but we've got The Jack. And it's basically about a chick that he fucked that had like gonorrhea and he ends <laughs> up getting it at the end of the... <laughs> and that's, that's their right. love, that's their version of a love song. And it's on their first record ever. Yeah. And like, you know, and it's, it's it was just great. It was just a really, it was a rock and roll show. Like I, I, I will be happy and angus young's brother malcolm who was not able to play because he's yeah ill he, he's mentally ill right he's got like dementia yeah i mean yeah he, he you can't don't, you don't come back from that I no don't think. no um, i mean maybe he can because he's like a multimillionaire. but right most people don't come back from that no he's australian they're like invincible it's weird true yeah, yeah he's just gonna be back in the band yeah, like, like next in tour board shorts Fine. surfing yeah. Like, yeah he's all good yeah i'm riding a kangaroo but speaking of coachella um last time we did our little phone interview but we talked about the band you were there with hot natured oh yeah i wanted to play yeah. a song for them last time we didn't have the capability but we do have the capability mm. here tonight okay so um, if you got hold on i you know i didn't you didn't bring them up no i they're like two seconds away so uh it's funny because i have a i didn't know anything about them when i started working for them and um i have a lot of respect for what they do and i think now especially I actually really like a few of their songs. Let me find. This one's probably my favorite. This is the radio edit. How long have they been around? <sighs> their first album came out in 2013. Oh, okay. I mean, they're um, like kind of hot off but, the press. Yeah, but, well, it's, I think it's their only album, actually. Yeah, it's uh, their only album. But the DJs that make up Hot Natured, Lee Foss, Jamie Jones, they are like in the house electronic music world, they're like superstars. Got it. And Eric, dude, so funny. Eric, our guitar tech for Pepper, I and he's also the guitar tech for 311, uh, for those that don't know. He, um, I got him the gig doing keyboard teching because mm -hmm. uh, we needed a, a person. And he didn't know any of them either. Just, you know, we're rock and roll kids. Like, we don't know that. But he asked his, his monitor engineer asked him what he was doing at Coachella um, for 311 because mm -hmm. he immediately went after that to do 311 gigs and the monitor engineer was like so who'd you work for he's like oh you know like hot natured and the monitor engineer's like wait so you met lee foss and eric's like yeah i guess like yeah. i guess <laughs> and, like the monitor engineer was like 
whoa, that's crazy. Just funny because I just knowing Eric, I don't know him that well, but I know him well enough to like he's a shredding guitar player and he cares right. probably as much about DJs as I do. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And he it's was like, like, yeah, and not impressed. You know, like yeah, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, but like cool. they're like when you when you at the root of it, they're all really talented musicians. It's really crazy. Like the singer Ollie picked up a guitar like day two and just started ripping on like blues leads on a, on a guitar. And I'm like, whoa. Then he picks up the bass and he starts hitting slap bass. And, and I'm like, okay, so you're not a, a slouch. You know, you yeah, yeah, know yeah. what you're doing. And then there's Luca who plays keys. And he, again, like virtuoso keyboard player. He plays really simple stuff in Hot Natured, but he's an amazing keyboard I mean, player. And then the any drummer. Pop any exactly. sort of pop act. Yeah. They're always way better than they, but they show. Regardless, I have like nothing but positive things to say about them. And, I have a lot of respect for them, and um, well, let's hear them. And they started a record label, Lee Foss and Jamie Jones, called Hot Creations. So that's where they kind of got the name. Okay, but here's Benediction. This is like. It's house music. So crazy. There's a lot of things that they do. I listened on my way home. Like, you'd think I'd get sick of it. I actually listened even with more detail on the way home from Coachella. There's some things production-wise that they do. Like, there's a snare reverb. Or it's a clap, really, but... Yeah. That one didn't have a reverb on it. it. Like, just little things like that. Yeah, I get it, because they wanted to have this next beat come in. Yeah, it's like... If it carried over, it wouldn't have that same... There's, like, these little things. If you really listen to this music, like, their choices that they make... I mean, I can tell it's well-produced. Yeah. Very well thought out. Bass line's kind of cool. And then that keyboard part... Like, I understand why people fall for this music. Yeah. Like, I totally get it. And I've become more of a fan in the last, like, two years. Than- yeah. Well, I mean, as you get to know it super well, too. It's it's like any band that I've ever played in, you, you end up falling in love with. Um, But, yeah, they did that. And then there's one more that I don't think I... This one's just crazy. There's a new song too that they that I don't they don't have recorded, but it's just super fun and super cool. But this one's just so different. It's called Isis. It's got almost like a Middle Eastern style. Yeah. It's called featuring or Isis featuring the Egyptian lover. I don't okay, know who that I was is. Say, it's very snake charming. But then they've got that like snake weird charmy. surf guitar there. But in the little, uh, harmonic minor scale for right. you, you right. can score at home. I'm not. <laughs> like they go 45 seconds of this. And Ollie can play this on guitar. I like this one. Really vibey. I can't tell like what I want to do to it, but I want to do right. something to it. Right. 
that little it's house music I don't like so what does the singer do during these parts he plays the guitar and just rocks out just He eventually sings on this, but okay. To a mystic reality, my what time of day did they play? Uh, just before dark. Uh, what? Which like tent? sunset? Was it the Gobi? Oh, okay. It's the more rock tent. Yeah. It's like. Is it the second of the three? The first. First of the three. Yeah. Okay. It's Gobi, Mojave, and Sahara. Sahara. Yeah. And Sahara is just all freaking electronic. It's DJ. Yeah, I don't, I don't venture. Ever ever down there it's really good people watching actually I'll go down there oh, you and know sit what? in the back they, and watch they, people go nuts it's alright they added this part it's which is like in this oh yeah oh yeah yeah oh yeah and it's like him and two background singers doing that and then he comes in it's pretty cool though right it's cool I, I actually like the content I took a ancient Egyptian religions class so. of course you did yeah <laughs> you probably got an A in it too I did. Yeah. No, no, I, I, yeah, something, I think yeah, so. You did. Just, I don't know. I don't know. I just like it. I, and it's not, I don't know if it's because I heard it for eight hours. Yeah. A day for fucking three days or because I actually like it. But I don't dislike it, which is for me saying a lot for house music. Right. Well, I think it's cool because I actually wanted to listen. I want to listen to it sometimes. Like, I'll be like, oh, I'm totally in the mood for some hot natured. When you work for a band, you, like, there's there are two bands. Like, I work for Pepper, obviously. There's It's very rare that I'm like, oh, I want to listen to some Pepper. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, extensively toured with them, too. Right. So And worked on I'm albums. Kidding. So it's like yeah, different. It's a I mean, different level. Yeah. But with them and this other band called Night Riots that I've done sound for, I want to listen to them. It's like, I just, I don't know but it's cool. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, that was that was the band that I got to work for, and it was fun. It was really fun, and the crew was great. And It seems like it'd be fun to mix. Coachella like, was super fun. front of house fun. sound for something like that. It's kind of... Yeah. I could see you back there. It's kind of... You have to kind of rock with it yeah. to make it work. Well, and yeah, and like, you know, it's it's a lot of like tracks. Mm -hmm. So so you, you've, you know, the drummer's actually playing all of the sampled drums, on a on a on a sample pad. Okay. So you hear like that energy is there, but it's coming from a person. So it's right. really cool. Are those sample pads that you hit? Are they uh, sensitive to how hard you hit them? They can be. Okay. You can turn that off. But what he was actually playing were triggers on his drum kit. So he had a trigger on his snare and on his kick drum, and then he had a separate trigger for another bass drum that was just like a fake. It was basically like an electronic drum trigger. Okay. And then he had a, so a by sample trigger, pad. Is, is that what does that mean? I don't know. A trigger is is like it, it's a sensor on the drum. Okay. That sends an electronic signal to the. the so the electric drums, or it's a real kit. It's a real drum kit, like it's a '70s Rogers drum kit. Okay. That he's playing, and then every time he hits the snare, that sensor picks it up and sends information to a, a sampler, and the sampler plays the sample that he wants. Okay. So, so does it have like a pickup on it, like a guitar does? Essentially, or something? it's essentially so that, a pickup. That picks up the vibrations yeah. and okay. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Just trying to get my head around it. Okay. Yeah. And then um, that was one of the things I wanted to tell you is when I saw, I, I was talking to you about um, uh, Hell Yeah, 
Oh the, yeah, the last video. time we talked about Hell Yeah, the yeah. The, the drummer from Pantera's yeah, yeah. band. All all samples all across the drums. It was okay, like it was so pointless was to even drums, max, but it, okay. It was pointless even to, to even mic up his drum kit because it was all samples. And they're all feeding a drum machine that's playing these cuz that that in that instance what happens is you don't have to hit those the kick drum with a hard velocity because the harder the 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 faster you play the drums inherently the softer you have to hit them. Yeah, that makes It's impossible sense. to keep 100% hard dynamics when you're playing something extremely well yeah fast. if you think about it, as hard as you can possibly hit a bass drum you have to put your whole body into it you can't follow right, it up cannot. immediately you can't go boop, boop, like. no, no 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 it takes too much time yeah so he's playing extremely fast but then he has triggers on each drum that's then hitting a sampler and then playing so he's probably just lightly hitting him he's just Exa- like well a lot of metal bands are doing that and in True. the studio they just do the same thing they just well and they beat, yeah or they uh they quantize it right if you will yeah <laughs> see yeah i can use that word now right exactly <laughs> So I just thought it was really funny. Like I'd never been to a show where multiple drummers use samplers on their drum kit. You know, it's it's usually the golden it's like, age of cheating. God, oh, it is. <laughs> and he had the greatest is he had like he had he had these gigantic microphones inside his rack toms and inside his kicks, and it's and it's like you don't even need those fucking things. What are they there for? What are the show? What are they there for? It's just the show. They're but the audience can't see them. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. I pictured, no, they're literally I inside the drum. Oh, okay. Inside. Gotcha. So it's like, what are you going to do with that? Like, the, the I listen to the front of house mix. He's not using them. He hits the toms and they sound great because they sound they're fake because they're not real toms. Well, they're maybe just he just wants them to be used and I, he doesn't. He, he only hears know. his monitor mix. Right. He just doesn't know his monitor mix is those microphones, but the what everyone else is hearing right. is actually just I the know. triggers. That's so nuts. He pro- probably you're probably right. Probably right. You know, you just got to keep the artist happy. It's funny. Uh, I've noticed that um, playing live, it's hard to deta- uh, detach yourself from the monitor mix. Every time I'm playing, and sometimes I feel like my sound is bad, but I just get feel like my monitor mix is what everyone's hearing. I don't know if it's an oh, instinct thing, is... but it's. I think it's just an instinct thing for me. Every time I'm like, ah, oh, it doesn't sound good. I hope that I'm... You have you... to put a lot of trust in your front of house person because... What you're getting is not what everyone else is hearing. You know, I, I'll have my vocals super loud and my guitar's loud, and I hear every little tiny little mistake that I make or anything like that. By the way, a, a mouse just walked by. Bullshit. That was really? a rat that just walked right over there. You're kidding, right? I'm not kidding. Like, how big? A pretty decent sized rat just walked in the room. I just saw the rat tail go. Don't fuck with me. I'm not are, kidding you. Are I you swear serious? To God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just putting his feet up. <laughs> Where the fuck does it live? I like don't know. I know every inch of this place. Oh God! Oh, oh, it's a possum. Sorry. That's a baby. Fucking that's a baby possum. possum. Oh, oh, just get the shit. Holy fuck! That's it. I told you. Holy shit! <laughs> Whew. Oh my God! Wow. <laughs> I, there's not a lot I can say right now. Dude. Uh, a possum just walked in the room. Where the a baby f- possum. Holy fuck. Does that mean the mom's not far behind? I don't know what that means. Oh, God. All right. I'm going to go check the door in the other room. We're going to take a real quick break. We'll be right. We're going to get this possum situation figured out. Okay. Okay. The little well, guy is um, safely outside. He's outside now. Where he can probably be run over by a car in a couple years. He was probably safer in here. We should have nurtured Just, him and raised him. But... Wow. Should we go get him? <laughs> yeah, he'll be all right. 
Honestly, his brother and sister are probably in here somewhere. Yeah, there's usually more than one baby. Oh, God. I'm no marsupial expert, but... Anyways. Um, yeah. What were we... We were, we were finishing up on the hot nature okay, topic. Okay, yeah, so... Speaking I, of nature... <laughs> seriously. Um, didn't you want to talk about fits and the tantrums? Oh, let's talk about fits and the tantrums. Okay. Uh, we recently... Uh, I think it was for Christmas, actually. My girlfriend got the fits and the tantrums record. I think it was their first record. Uh, she got it for Christmas, which I just said. And um, I bet we've been listening to it a lot, like on repeat, and I've become a pretty big fan. Um, what I like, I think, most about them is some of their songs have kind of a newer school indie rock vibe, but some of them are... It sounds like a band that you could have heard in the 70s. Yes, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the song that you chose... Is... We can play yours first because well, mine's like, it's a B side, but I really, really, it's my favorite one on the album. Well, the one you would know is either the Walker or, or Out of My League. Yeah, I was and just those... saying to get people up to speed to if yeah, they don't so know who it is, they probably this is heard. this is the band. I would say this is in a freaking car commercial, so everyone's probably heard this mm-hmm. song. You know, this is about a guy that walks up the Hollywood Hills. Ah. Huh. That's why it's called The Walker. That's that guy in Manhattan Beach that walks around town, too. Or that, like, the bigger guy, Bum. He uh, always walks. Uh, you ever seen the Black Tower we Walker? always called him The with Walker. With the Freddie Mercury mustache and Oh, yeah. Hermosa? He walks by her office every day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone that's listening has a walker in their lives. Yeah. I love this band's story too. Uh, yeah, he, they hit it big. He's, he's what, forty-two or something. I love that. And I think they just did what they wanted to do. Again, same like Jack Johnson type thing, you know. I feel like that's always the better way to go if you're gonna go for it. Yeah. You could chase trends around your whole life, but you can just do your thing. And if if popular culture swings your way as it did for them, then they scored. Yeah. And. They did, and I, I think their first record is a better, well, is is not a better representation of them, but it's like a more rootsy version of them yeah. than what you just heard, mm-hmm. and um, I'll play my, I, I got into them, I really liked that like album, kind of, I listened to it like once or twice, and then- This last one you heard? Yeah, okay. that the whole album, and then I happened upon this next song, and I didn't even know it was like the first single, and I asked a friend of mine when I was working for for Apple- Asked him like what he thought of it, and he was like, "Whoa, no, yeah, that that song, Money Grabber's sick." And I was like, "Wait, you know it? Like, I, I I was really late to the party, but um, either way, this is the song. I just love the tones on this record. It sounds so good. Yes, this sounds so. This it sounds all. This drum fill is so sick." got this 70s feel to it that I love. And I love the, the female vocalist in the band. Oh, she, yeah, she's, she's great. She kills it. My friend Grace does monitors for them. Oh, right on. But I think this is what kind of like pushed them up, this song in particular. And yeah, then I remember hearing this one. 
it's in commercials and stuff, and it's just it's a freaking great song. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. What I was reading about him is he used, he was writing jingles for like a long time. Yeah, that was his main thing, and then he started getting into the the organ. I guess yeah, he, and he his got ex, an organ. Or his ex girlfriend called him and said, "Hey, there's a, my neighbor's getting rid of an organ. You may want to come pick it up." And he went and picked it up. It's like an old school, like '60s electric organ. And he wrote the first song on this record, which is uh, "Breaking the Chains of Love." Oh, really? Yeah. And he said it's the it's the one song that um, he said he knew. Like at the moment the moment he wrote it, he's like. He he brought the 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 organ home and wrote this song on it. That's so cool. I've now listened to this record so many times. Man. I know, me too. This got me through a breakup. Like this this album. Nice. I think their first EP was called Songs for a Breakup or something like that. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Everybody else in the band is a freaking ridiculous musician. It shows. Yeah. This like has a Motown feel. This yeah. one says way back. It's a love. Another thing they said is when they started, when they first jammed together, it was like, yep, this is it. Cool. There is that magic that happens when you get the right group of musicians. And they're all older guys, and they're not like... Yeah, Justin no Bieber, like hot, you know, like not saying he's hot, but like stylized. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're just, they're just. They've all been through the ringer. They know it's right. They don't. Yeah, they've lived their lives. Yeah, and it's. I, I love that. I do too. Yeah, it's. It just sounds like they're having fun and they're, they're yeah. enjoy playing music together. Yeah, and um, it's not just all musicians for hire. No. Um, but my favorite song is the is the last song. Dude, this song is great too. Another it's breakup tighter. song. This, I, this is not a radio song or anything, but this, yeah, I, this the, the, the breakup all, helper. God, well, the second album's all about him finding love. Yeah, give me some. Love. I mean, listen to the lyrics. Yeah, this summed up my freaking relationship. <laughs> the drums are so tasty too. Everything's tasty in the oh, song. Oh yeah. On a hipster record label. Gives hipsters more credit. Yeah. Danger Bird Records. To be real is to understand. This has been like my chorus of when the last I six months, you, I think. I was not completely into Cause I was blind. I let you drift away. Just wanna I didn't give you enough to stay. So you made up my mind And you walked away And why didn't I Hold you tighter and tighter When I could do no wrong It's getting harder and harder Such why a good chorus. I oh, yeah. Damn it. Something about this song on vinyl too. So we have it on vinyl. Oh yeah. You know, certain songs just sound so good on vinyl. 
the song, that little crackle and hiss of the vinyl adds so much. Oh yeah. There's so much space in it. I have I have both these records on vinyl too, yeah. The vinyl thing is just I, there's it's, something special about it yeah. that no one's really gonna be able to explain. No. I think a lot of it too, it's just the the commitment that you have when you put the vinyl on. You have to turn the a, damn thing over. Yeah. Well, it's just the ease of mind of not having. There's the stress of like having to DJ. Like right. when you're like you're the guy that has the iPod. Some right. people love having that. I don't. I'm always like, fuck. Now I have to put another song on. But when you have the the vinyl, it's like that's what we're listening to for the next. 30 minutes. Plus, All we have to do is turn it over at some point. You know what? There, there's something that's said about that. Like, People probably think I'm weird because they get in my car when I'm driving and I don't put music on. And it's partially because music is a very personal thing for me. I don't want you judging me on my music choices, which is odd that I'm doing a podcast about music and all of the choices that I make. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Having said that. Having said that, I also like to listen to my music in my car and I don't want talking. And so I just don't listen to music in my car very often when I'm driving. I don't listen to classical in my car. And I also don't want the pressure of like, well, I have to choose what's next. No. Yeah. You you feel like you're trying to impress the person in your car. Have you heard this? Yeah. yeah. Me, me, I'm like, I'm like, you choose because if I don't like it, I'll learn something from it. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. There's always, yeah. I can learn the way I don't want to make things. You know, and it's like, eh. Like, I don't need you to listen to the Mad Caddies or Thrice right now. That's fine. Because that's probably what I'll put on anyway. Yeah. <laughs> True. It is funny, though. There is that pressure that comes with having to put something on. Right. And be judged about it. Some people just put on the radio. And I'm like, no, turn that shit off. love this chorus. I just listen to this chorus all day long. It's actually very fitting yeah. for this time of night. But for everyone listening, this is our latest podcast we've ever done. It's like midnight right now. Yeah, we never do it this late. No, it's usually an afternoon deal. Yeah. We've just been so busy, both of us. I'm working on an album now. And... Yeah, actually, tomorrow I'm going to be a production runner for Brandon Flowers. You are? This is. <laughs> yeah. I really? just got a gig from a buddy um, who's he's basically producing the concert and asked me to do that. I've never done such a thing, so I got this... Um, writer i have to figure out tomorrow and go to the grocery store and it's funny just i just got off tour with a rock band and now i'm gonna be brandon flowers bitch tomorrow that's okay though i it's okay you know it's i don't mind i'm not like even really complaining about it. i'm curious what how the day's gonna go well you you'll most likely deal with his tour manager mostly i would imagine you know direct yeah yeah um that's funny like how I deal with a runner every day, and I don't think about it that often. Well, I don't have to tour manage him, so it's not that, I guess, diff- difficult. Not as difficult as it might be for, like, coach. You guys don't someone. have, like, a specific runner, right? Just every venue has a runner? Yeah, so, yeah, okay. yeah. It's kind of like intern style at the venue. Right. Like, you don't know where they're playing, where he's playing? Uh, I don't. He gave me the writer, but the writer didn't say the venue on it. I mean, I'll obviously figure it out in the morning. I Or you could, it's probably on his website, I would imagine. Let's find out where Brandon Flowers is playing tomorrow. Yeah, in Los- I mean, it's pretty well, standard rider, nothing out of the ordinary. But to be honest, if Brad's putting it on, it's probably not publicized. Yeah, he'd, it's it might be a private event. We're just looking on the website here to see if anything's coming up. It must be some sort of private thing. 
Uh, yeah, it is. It's got to okay. be because um, his next concert on... Well, that's Song Kick. What the fuck is Song Kick? Let's see what Live Nation says. His next concert is the Will Turn in September. Oh. Yep. So... Sweet. Can you get me tickets? I don't think so. Yeah, probably. I'm just a lowly. I know you're a lowly intern. Yeah. Although you're a very well paid intern, I will say. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what do you expect from this whole thing? I honestly don't know what to expect. I have to be there at one tomorrow, so I'm gonna give myself plenty of time to go grocery shopping for a long time. Basically, I mean, it's I don't know. It's like all the little random things, like they want silverware and like a cutting board so but you need to provide that yeah i have to go get i'm getting reimbursed for everything that i buy and you're sure that everything's like normal it's you know it's like beers and soda and and lemons and some tea and nothing super weird no there was some specification of candy that i don't understand um not that I, i don't understand that it's wrong or anything i just don't really understand what they were asking but there's really i don't know i'm just glorified bitch runner guy that's okay. I w- I'm going to predict that they ask you for ice. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Nice. That's, that's a good prediction. Maybe I'll hide some, so when they do ask, like, that's why I got this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in your back pocket. Yeah. Oh, shit, it melted. Ice. It was in my back pocket. You're like, crystal meth? Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> no problem. Eisenberg, at he, your service. He is from Las Vegas. True. But he is Mormon. He is? Yeah. Mm. That whole... Well... I don't know if the whole band is Mormon, but they're all like a few of them. Are, I know the drummer is he, and then he's related to the Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. They're Mormon, right? They're Mormon. Yeah. The Mormon takeover is upon oh, us. Oh, the New Jews. What I like to call them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heard of neo Nazis, but now there's neo Jews. Yeah. Yeah. New Age Jews. New Age Jews. Yeah, I like that. It's, that's has a better ring to it than my... And for those who are listening, we're not actually racist. Not we're, even remotely. No. <laughs> it's just a it's a common stereotype that Jews pretty much run the entertainment industry. And in Los Angeles, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. I, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Good job. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Not a lot to say. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, Back to music. Yeah. Uh, what was I? Oh, I know what I wanted to sh- share with you. So I learned two things the other day. Um, had no idea that David Coverdale of White Snake mm-hmm. was in Deep Purple. He was. Yep. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, wasn't the, he was a singer for like a? Was he like the Dio to Black Sabbath or something? Was he like a follow up singer? He or? was the second singer. Okay, I think. so he was the. But, like, Deep Purple doesn't really have, like, everyone knows Smoke on the Water. And, like, the only reason I know is Richie Blackmore. Yeah. And he did Rainbow. Rainbow with Uh Dio. Dio. Oddly enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, uh, oh, man, I want to play a Rainbow song. Oh, maybe what? Man on the Silver Mountain? Kill the King. Oh, okay. Um, So, uh, I was listening to the Adam Carolla podcast, and they were interviewing David Coverdale. And I had no idea he was in Deep Purple. And they played this song called Burn. And I looked it up, and it's and actually, well, they I didn't I didn't look it up. They played it on the show, but I liked it so much. And it's David Coverdale singing. Um, 
that I started listening to it. And then I looked up the new White Snake album that David Coverdale was promoting. And oddly enough, they just covered it. And that's the single they released. Oh. White Snake covered the song that David Coverdale sang, sang for, for Deep, Deep Purple. Purple. So their single is Burn. What the fuck is that about? Like I I, I don't I, I wonder if I I think did I put even, both in? I don't even know how to explain that either. It's not like you're trying to stay relevant because you're doing No. Okay, uh, so this is Deep Purple's version. Sick riff, by the way. Yeah, 1974. Yeah, we're both headbanging, folks. Yeah, we are. I love David Coverdale's voice. I'm a fan. He's hilarious, too. He is. Oh, yeah. In the interview, he was freaking spot on, just freaking hilarious. Thick English accent too. Yeah, so weird. It's <laughs> so, so sick. sick, right? I love it. Okay, so it's my shit. Cut to thirty-five Cut to years later. Two thousand fifteen. White Snake. Wait, God, the that album's was what, even. What, what year was that? Nineteen seventy-four. So you're cutting to forty-one years later. Jesus. I still like it. I'm <laughs> still banging my head. It's not. I'm just waiting for his voice now. I'm waiting for a 70 year old Coverdale. He's a year. Okay, so he's like, he's 64. Ah. Doesn't sound as good as the other version. Well, I mean, when you get older, your voice gets lower. No, no, no. Not... Look at Elton John. Well, it's, it's, it's a good way to explain old recording to new recording. It is. This is Pro Tools versus. Analog. Oh, it's down too. Is it down a half step? Yeah. Uh, oh, you would need to. I mean, yeah. It just loses that raw quality. Yeah. Real to real. Still cool though. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I thought that was interesting. The but yeah, no, it's, that was actually a very good comparison of digital versus analog. But I, I, I'm, I think what I'm most curious about is like, what is the thinking there? Uh, I guess it's going with a sure bet. Is putting it? out a single? I don't know. I'm always wary of any band that puts out a single or any new music after any the, of them turns sixty. The only thing I can think of is so I, I did a, a foreigner, like um, a reissue, where it's basically a best of foreigner. Soundtrack, right? Yeah. But what they did, I've done two of these actually. I did one for Dokken and one for Foreigner. Win mixed them, and I was an assistant. And um, they basically re-recorded all of their classic hits, um, simply because they do not own the masters for the originals. I heard Def Leppard did that too. Uh, yeah. And so when they release it, it's a new version of the song, and it sounds great, but it's done with this new technology and it sounds new and you know whatever and they get all but the royalties. they get all the royalties yeah because they put it out 
and the record label doesn't. And because the record label screwed so many people over back in the day. Because the record label owns the master, but they don't own the song. The song, right. Yeah. right. They own the recording of it. Yeah, got it. So they get all of those those plays. And now, you know, Dokken redid, you know, uh, what's it called? In My Dreams. In My Dreams. And uh, Foreigner redid, um, oh, God, every hit. I mean, they've got like six or seven I mean, that are just... Double vision. Double vision. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the list goes on. I can only imagine that's the only reason he did it. It was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm in White Snake now. Like, I own everything. We can just, let's just redo Burn. Make more money off of it. True. I, he probably got paid like 500 bucks yeah, back then. I mean, it's still... It's White Snakeable. Is um, Doug right. Aldrich still the guitar player for White Snake? I would imagine. I'm a big, he used, I'm a big Doug Aldrich He used fan. to have a, a guitar amp at Total Access. Mm. And I'll never forget when he came to pick it up. I was bummed because I really liked the guitar amp. But then I was also like, holy shit, you're Doug Aldrich. <laughs> yeah. He's so good. <laughs> he's great. Yeah. Um, he's played with like everyone. <clears throat> so um, I uh, I learned a little something else the other day, totally by accident. I was scanning through my iTunes library, and I can't believe I'm going to admit this, but, you know, whatever. Who cares? Um, I found uh, a Bill Withers section in my iTunes library, and I remember getting a cop, like a bunch of R&B like singers from a friend of mine, um, like a just a collection of songs, and Ain't No Sunshine was on there. Of course, that's actually the only one that I know. I think you, you know Lovely Day too. Lovely Day. Oh, Lovely Day. All right, Lovely Day. I was thought he was a one-hit wonder. I didn't realize that was him. Um, and uh, he's got a few, uh, but uh, I did not know that that was Bill Withers, because. In my iTunes library early on, earlier on in the day, or like before all of this occurred, when I realized I had Bill Withers in my iTunes, I thought it was an Al Green song because I had a version of an of that exact same song, Ain't No Sunshine, with Al Green as the artist. And so you just go by what you know. I had a few of those in my... Right. When I got them from people in college or something, someone right, just typed they, it into iTunes. And it's wrong. wrong. Yeah. And then you think it's... So I thought that Ain't No Sunshine was Bill Withers. And you so, thought it was Al Green. Or sorry, yeah, Al, yeah. Al Green. Yeah. So I dig a little bit deeper. And I'm like, well, fuck. I want to make sure that this is Bill Withers because I'm not going to make this mistake again. Mm -hmm. Find out that it was recorded like pretty much live. And you know who played guitar on it? I mean, how old is that song? 72, I think. Well, I've got it. I I don't know. Can I get a hint or something? Well, I'll see if you can guess who the guitar player is. It's not warm when she's away. God, his voice is great. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. And I think she's it was recorded in Memphis. Gone too long. Anytime she goes away. The strings are so luscious. Like they define luscious. Wonder this time where she's gone. I don't know who played guitar, just by judging. It's kind of the strings are a little bit fuzzy. You ready? Yeah. Steven Stills. Oh, okay. That would actually make sense. That's because he has such like a raw playing style. That's nuts. I was running though. through '70s guitar players that I was thinking I was like, it's not classic. When I saw that, I was like, enough. No way. <laughs> I think that's so cool. That a song that a lot of people know, they have no idea that Steven Stills is playing guitar on it. And it's not like a solo song. It's, it doesn't like yeah. show his capability, really. I don't know. I, a lot of his capability is in his rhythm playing, though. Is in his rhythm playing? You think? He's, oh, he's as a, a guitar really, player, really you would know. Player. 
Really? Um, his, his solo playing is really good too. I wouldn't even consider him like virtuosic, more so he just has such good feel with his solos. Really? He's, you know, Neil Young will just yeah. hang out on one note. Yeah, yeah. And he's still like, he's regarded as a really great guitar player, even though he's not, you'll never see him shred. Mm, I would, but that's so funny, but yeah. He okay. is. I mean, I'm okay. sure Rolling Stone puts him in the top, I don't know, 50 or so, Neil Young. I don't know. But Rolling Stephen Stone's Stills kind of, kind of has the same deal. He's a really good blues player, but he's not by no means like a shreddy guitar right. player. He's just. He just has okay. this really raw quality about his. Playing. Do you do you have an example? Uh, Tim Soltis and Nixon. Uh, yeah. How about the Ohio, like you, the original one that you'd wanted to play? That would be a cause that's National young. young. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, or <laughs> this is also him. <laughs> this just came on, but he was he was he's in, in Buffalo, Buffalo Springfield. Springfield. Yeah, which you just told me. Mm -hmm. Which would be him? Is it that electric in the left or the, the, the acoustic in the right? To be honest, I don't even know. Based on that Bill Withers song, I'm guessing he's in the, in the right with the acoustic. The acoustic? Such an iconic song. I love that muted tremolo. Did you hear that note get yeah. muted? Uh -huh. Today, that would not pass. Yeah, that would be edited out for yeah. sure. Oh, dude, you muted the string on that one. Yeah. God, that pisses me off a little bit. Well, let's listen to Crosby, Stills, and Nash sing some harmonies. Okay. So this, Explain is, him playing, this, to this me. is him playing rhythm guitar. Yeah, of course. Finger picking. Finger picking. Um, this is one of my favorite songs ever. I learned to sing harmonies to this song with uh, my best friend in high school, who ended up becoming my bandmate. Hear all three? Yeah. Well, they make it pretty easy too, yeah, which is nice. Pan this well. I think Crosby's one of my favorites because he always blends in perfectly. Like, you always hear Nash on the high note, and you know uh, stills his voice. And then the left side is. Crosby. You mean Gallagher, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I mean Santa Claus. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about Crosby, too, and this isn't even favorite only because it's funny, but he burned through two livers. No, he didn't. It was like a big point of contention. There's like waiting list for things like that. I'm almost positive. I, I might need a fact check, but I'm pretty sure he burned through two livers. But he got a transplant and, and then killed one. that one? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because it's sad, you know, because there's people right. that really just need that one to turn their lives around. Yeah. And they it's didn't like, no, even I got drink. Money, I'm gonna get. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> yeah, they just, like, they just had a busted liver for right, whatever reason. Right, right. But yeah, I, I used to practice for hours. I love just, that. Just it's switching three... off between parts. If anyone, any youngsters listening at home, if you ever want to learn to sing harmonies, learn to sing probably the Stills and Nashes. Um, I just want to try something real quick. I just want to hear this left, the left side. Yeah. There's the the mid, yeah, and the low. So that's Stills and Nash. Right, and then here's the high on the right. 
left one's way louder. Yeah. They are two so that's Crosby on the left now. They panned this. I think right when you panned it, it was both. It switched. It was Nash on both sides. So you didn't get any Crosby in there. Yeah. That's it. But that's, I mean, the rhythm playing in that's subtle, but I really like the way he plays. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of his finger picking stuff's super good. But raw, though, like you were saying, that you'll hear the string buzzes in there and they don't. I guess they really couldn't at the time. They don't really correct anything. No, and I like that. I like that too. You know, um, it's just—it's a bummer that it's not. I think there's that Black Keys song, the the Little Black Submarines, that just came out. That the intro is—it's very string buzz heavy, which I—it bothered me at first, but the more I thought about it, it's just because I'm so used to contemporary music where I thought they should fix it. Right. But now just hearing that, it's—I think a lot of people do that, and it's like, oh, that's a mistake. Well, who gives a shit? Like, and by string buzz, people listening, if you don't push your guitar string down all the way, it gives it this weird. I'll grab a guitar. Yeah, just grab it. So normally, if you're playing a note, like, but if you don't put, sorry, it's a little out of tune. But if you don't push down all the way, it's like that's yeah. like a string buzz, like that noise. It kind of gives it a natural feel. Well, like, like play, just hold, sustain a note, and then just let go for a second. No, 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 just one note. Just do that. That is what happened in that um, Buffalo Springfield song. It oh, had a tremolo yeah, yeah. on it. Kind of, yeah, yeah. But yeah, basically, his finger it came off out. just enough mm-hmm. that the string stopped vibrating. Whereas most recordings today, you'd, you'd take that out. Yeah, that would not pass. Like, Also, if instead you, of like, right, yeah, like that's little, such, you keep the little imperfections in there, which I mean, a testament again to the Beatles, which everything goes back to. They left um, all their mistakes in, not all of them. They left a lot of mistakes in. One of my favorite stories from Ken Scott, uh, and Ken Scott recorded the White Album by the Beatles, and he also produced Ziggy Stardust and Spiders from Mars um, by David Bowie, mm-hmm. and like tons of other fucking albums the guy's yeah a legend in his own right um in a beatles song he there they did this section and i fuck if i can remember the name of the song of snares where like it's on the white album and uh the um they they overdubbed like eight snares right onto these tracks and he went to go punch in on a vocal or something and it was only eight tracks back then. So he accidentally punched in and he raced one of the snare hits, one of the overdubbed snare hits. And just and I, and the way he describes it in his book is just absolutely amazing. But what was he kind of he was panicking? He freaked out. He couldn't believe it. He thought he was done. Yeah. Like Ken Ken um Well, he thought he messed up a Beatles song. Yeah, and <laughs> and um when he described it to me, he, he was basically like I was scared shitless. And the funny thing is, I've done the same thing to him, but I'm going to see if I can find the song real quick. Oh, uh, is it, is it Obla D? No. I know oh, that song. It's Glass me. Onion. It's okay. Glass Onion. Hang on. That's what it is. We're getting into Beatles territory now. Okay. Those overdubbed heads, right? Yeah. I think it's in the middle of the song. It's like, da-da, da-da. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, they're there, there. Yeah. They're in that they spot, in they're that, okay. They are in that spot, right. yeah. I think it's into the next section, he mutes it by accident. See? There's oh, only one. Yeah. That okay. and Ken fucked up and muted the other overdubbed ones. Which on analog tape, unlike Pro Tools. I mean, you only heard one. The, yeah, the I'll go back. The first time that you heard it, there was actually two snare drums playing. They played one, they overdubbed another one on top of it. Right, so. Here's two. No, this is one. Oh, sorry. Versus. But this is two. There we go. So yeah. nuts. And they were like, oh, no, that's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> He's like, I'm they not thought fired. That. But, but like in Pro Tools, you know, you just undo, you know? No, no. Yeah, no, nowadays no, it's not a thing. You don't even think about it. Yeah. But I remember when I was working on tape, I was so freaking protective of that. Like they asked me to do a punch, and you can program on, on some tape machines, you can, on newer tape machines, you can program when you want it to punch in. And uh, so I had to do that, and I just remember freaking out again it was for ken so even more relevant yeah but well, at least you know he won't get mad if you mess up <laughs> right I, I'll, ne I'll never forget too um we had the automation system hooked up and he had just gotten all of his and automation is when you have a, a large format like recording console and, you, and there's all of those faders and buttons and everything and then um and jeff knows what this is so i'm explaining for those that are listening so you have all of those faders and you can actually control them with a computer. And so if you move one up or down to increase the level of a vocal or a snare drum or a bass guitar, the level actually will increase and decrease. It's, it's you know, and it will do that every time that that part of the song comes around again. So I go to prepare this the console for automation. He's got all of his levels. The mix is pretty much there. He's just going to make a few rides and, and adjust the level of a vocal or a bass or here and there, here and there. And on the automation system next door, if there's no information on the actual data when you run it, it'll push all of the faders to zero. And I didn't do the proper procedure to get it ready for that. I thought I did. And we hit play on Pro Tools and Pro Tools sent a shot of time code, which is how the two communicate with each other, to the, the console automation and and his entire mix just went whack straight back to zero straight to zero and oh. he just looked at me and he's like well i guess i'll just get that again now won't i, <laughs> I like, well at least as soon as you stop it it's only up to that point right right so if it was only no oh the whole mix the whole mix the first run it's oh. only that first run. Like, okay, that's I why it was just as far as you were no, listening. To and that's it. why okay. you d you do what are called like you do like screenshots or you know oh, you of the it, faders, yeah. uh -huh. so you can actually take a shot of what the faders are at. Well, okay. And I didn't do that. Like like there were just an. It's one of those things you got to make those mistakes. Yeah. Oh yeah, once and, or twice, and I, is, you never did it again. I'd made those mistakes before. I didn't <laughs> need to make that one again. <laughs> yeah. It was just I gotcha. don't remember why, but Ken was the coolest guy ever about it. Like. Hopefully, I could get him on this podcast, but he lives in Nashville now. Road so, trip. Yeah. Man, great guy. Really, really good engineer, too. Um, fuck, he recorded... Actually, he recorded one of my favorite Beatles songs. Probably one of yours, too. Do tell. Where is it? 
I mean, he got to record Eric Clapton. Yeah, the only guy to record on a Beatles album other than a Beatle. Right. George Martin, arguably the fifth Beatle, so. And the, the string sections. But True. but it, They're not featured. Yeah. Mm. Did you see that thing I posted about uh, John writing with... Uh, oh, uh, something? Remember, yeah, George. I texted you about it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Something. That's like... Uh, it's so George, cool. George, um, going me over like a pomegranate. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of the funniest things ever to hear them like, "Oh no, George, you could do it like she's attractively like a pomegranate," and then he just <laughs> sings it as the line for like. We should post it. We'll post that on our page. Yeah, it's, it's really it's interesting. Really it's interesting. A, and George Harrison song something, which is a lot of people yeah, uh, have argued one of the best Beatles songs. Yeah, it's on um, Abbey um, Road. Second song. But they, they have them writing it. It's on a SoundCloud and it's really, really interesting for oh, any songwriters so out there cool. or, or Beatles fans. Listen how dead that snare is. The, the anti... anti right back Johnson to it. Yeah. All right, we're coming full circle. Oh yeah, we were going to play it later, weren't we? Yeah. Oh well, we got there. That Bass organ. Is so good too. Oh, such a good song. Anyway. Yeah, we could do. We could do a whole. We, could, oh, we, should we could do, do an a, anthology. We should do a whole Beatles podcast. <laughs> we could do a series. Just just one on no, just one episode. But yeah, actually we could do our own show on the Beatles. Yeah. Probably. Every Sunday we'll call it Breakfast with the Beatles. Oh wait, they've already got that. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. No, but we could do one on it. Definitely. Um, well, let's wrap up with our um acoustic Jack Johnson version. Oh, that's what Unless we were gonna go got... back to, weren't we? Yeah. Oh, let me find it. Jack. Although I do have a note here that says Brian Setzer, if you want to touch on that real quick. Uh, we could touch touch on that later. Okay, it's fine. It's I I just had a a rediscovery of how amazing he is at guitar, so we okay. we'll touch on that later. But okay, I think I think we're good for today. Here here's Flake. This is live, um, and this was on a play on a disc I got in two thousand two called Sixteen Songs to Mow Your Lawn By. I remember that. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I never actually listened to it. I just remember the title was great. Let's see. Live on Kevin Levine. This is my introduction to Jack Johnson. No snare drum. That's so raw. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. It's a testament to how good the song is, though. Yeah. It's a hit. And you didn't need that ringing snare drum. I do kind of miss it, I'm going to admit. <laughs> what did Pat have to say to it? 
Oh, he wasn't there, was he? Uh, no. He wasn't at that point. Damn it. Yeah, that sucks. Pretty much like it invented that strumming style, or like popularized it, I should say. It's so percussive the way that he strums. Yeah. How funny! This is the only album, only song I kept from this album. I, I, I'm sure I have the disc somewhere too, because I have almost every CD I've ever owned. Yeah, mine are still in my car actually. <laughs> Uh, well, you guys get the idea. Yeah. It's Jack Johnson. Um, well, I think that'll about wrap up for the, tonight. Anyways, yeah, it's tonight. our first nighttime podcast about midnight-ish. Which uh, reminds me, we're no longer going to be midnight thirty pushing them out on Mondays um, due to scheduling conflicts and my only day being Sunday off. I think we're going to try to push them out on Tuesdays from now on. So if you're listening, look for them on Tuesdays, uh, sometimes late Monday nights. But for the most part, we're gonna they're gonna be available on Tuesdays. Yeah, it's been stressful the, trying to pump them out. Right, Monday. The, it's like been at the buzzer trying to get them all right. online. So this gives us yeah, it gives us one more day, and it, just because it's harder to find people to to like get on if we don't have anyone. But we promise we have some cool guests coming up. Um, can't tell you who quite yet, but um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good summer. And uh, I guess, can we announce, we can an- announce who Pepper's touring with now. Yeah, they, because they posted it, was, it. It was bleeped, but Pepper's going on tour with Sublime with Rome and uh, Revolution. So while I'm gone for the summer, hopefully I can get a few of those guys on. Um, and uh, Jeff and I are going to be doing, when we are away from each other, we're going to try to do it so that we always have a phone call in or something like that. Cause, yeah, we'll keep it real. We'll make it work. Yeah. Maybe I'll fly out to one of the shows. Oh, that'd be sick. <laughs> do, I, do a, that'd be a, fun a Red Rocks special. To, oh, I've always, I've never been to Red Rocks. So oh, it's it. reggae on the rocks. It's just Sublime with Rome and Pepper. Boom. You want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. We'll do Red Rocks podcast. Let's do I'm it. I'm putting it out there. It's recorded, so I have to now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. S- save your cash for the next couple of weeks. You know you got tickets. Yeah. That's not hard. Yeah, I'll get out there. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Thank you guys for listening. And... um. Uh, we appreciate it. Share um, the podcast with your friends. And Again, thanks to all the new subscribers. It's been a lot in the last few yeah. weeks, and we so appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. All, all right. right. Take care, guys. Okay, goodbye. For more information about Another Take, please go to anothertake.net. You can find photos and videos from the show and a link to our Spotify page with a playlist from today's episode. 